Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back. Today we have Coach Mac or Coach McPherson, but everybody knows his Coach Mac. Uh, everybody knows his YouTube channel, big time guy. Coach, thanks for coming back. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, I love uh, I love doing these things. I love being out there with everybody that is trying to share the same platform. Um, you know, sharing the same ideas that we share about coaching football. And and uh, I'm a big podcast fan. I've tried to do my own podcast. I can't figure it out. So uh, hats <laughs> off to you. I'm still trying to figure it out. It's going to be four years in February, and I'm still figuring it out. I'm still going with yeah, it. Yeah, but I think you do a good enough job. You know what you're doing. You you know exactly the landscape of what you're doing. And I've stuck my toes in that pool a little bit, and um, I love it. I love the platform of it. I certainly, you know, enjoy talking about things, uh, you know, football-related, coaching-related. But uh, podcast for me, that world is just uh, – it's just not a scene for me. I'm not very good at it. Well, like the problem with me is mine's like a Joe Rogan style. Like it's, I think we talked about this last time you were on. You were like the first guy I had on where I didn't have a script. We talked about other things and I've had college coaches on. I've been very blessed. And I, at the end, a lot of like division one coaches go, that was awesome. That was better than being interviewed. Like it just, like a coach I had on, we talked about the transfer portal for a half hour. We didn't even talk about him. And then we talked about. I don't remember his WWE names that he uses for his play calls or something. It was just something weird. Then we go off yeah, talking I mean, about it's, something it's to else. Me, to me, you know, the podcasts that are that are generic, the podcasts that are that are, you know, why do you, I don't want to listen to an interview? I want to listen to a conversation. You know, I, I don't want to listen to. So if I'm driving to work and I choose to play a podcast instead of the radio or instead of Spotify, like I, I, I don't want to listen to a question and answer that goes on every week at the end of every game. Mm-hmm. It goes on all the time. Like, let's listen to a conversation between two people and, you know, wherever the conversation goes, it goes. To me, that's good podcasting. Right. Well, especially like you, for example, all you do is have scheme on your YouTube. Like, the last thing I'm going to do is say, hey, can you tell me about blocking power against this? Like, you're going to be like, go on my YouTube. Like, it's right there. You do it all day. Talk about something else, you know? So when I talk to these coaches, it's like, that's all they do is scheme. We can find everything. So why do that? Like, you know, four years no, ago, yeah, it was I, I mean, I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, it's like, all right, well, if we're going to do a podcast, let's obviously, if, if you're inviting people to do a podcast, you're inviting them for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you have to broach the subject, you know, the subject of why you invited them to do the podcast. Um, you know, but after that, it's like, all right, is, is, you know, can we 
scratch the surface of who this person really is? Can we get to the nuts and bolts of who they are and what they do and, and, you know, how they got to where they are? Like, you know, you don't just randomly ask people to go on a podcast. You, you select guests that you think are going to hopefully generate interest. And, and if they're going to generate interest and people know who they are and what they do. So let's not, you know, spend all our time on that. Let's get into other things about who they are and what they do. Right. Like, that's my problem. Like, we literally talked for only five minutes. I'm like, that was a podcast right there. Cause like the Alabama thing, like you, like you said, you're from New York and you're an Alabama fan and people on Twitter are going after you. Like they just go after you, assuming that you're a bandwagon. They don't know anything about you, you know, like that's yeah. just what they're going to do, you know, but that's Twitter, but still, and like, this is a dumb comparison. Like the transfer portal. I don't trust ESPN and all of them, what they say. I ask college coaches, I'll reach out. Hey, tell me what's really happening. Like, what does it look like? And they tell me the real thing. Cause that's what I want to do. I'm not going to assume what's happening, you know? So I don't, I'm not going to assume anything about you till I talk to you. Yeah. And, and it's, and you know, it's one of those deals where it's like, okay, well, you know, I choose to state my opinion on Twitter when, or X or whatever you want to say, um, when I want to state my opinion. And, um, as an Alabama fan, you know, I'm, you know, people might think that when I state my opinion about Alabama, that I'm a diehard Alabama fan, it, I'm a football coach. I have a job. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether Alabama wins or loses, I have to get up and do my job. I have a team to coach. Right. I like watching Alabama football. I'm a fan of Alabama football. Alabama football will not be the end of my life tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, if they lose, if they win, um, who they hire, guys that transfer, will not be the end of my life tomorrow. But as a fan, I'm also passionate enough to understand, you know, everybody's diving off the deep end about all these transfers and the portal and it's not fair. And well, you know what? Alabama's benefited from a lot of issues that maybe weren't fair um, to people, you know, maybe to the Vanderbilts and the Kentuckys of the SEC. And, you know, we have to deal with these things now. Is it fair mm -hmm. that the portal opens after a coach leaves for another 30 days and we lose a bunch of great players? I don't know if it's fair or not, but it's reality. It's where we live. We probably had players come to us because we're Alabama and because of our resume and our pedigree and because of Coach Saban. And was it fair to those schools? Was it fair to everybody else? So, you know, we're in that world. That's where we live. Right. God bless those kids for committing to Alabama. Good luck to them in the future. But I still believe that whoever stays and comes in the future will benefit for being at Alabama and those that leave the ones with the talent to be great players and generational players in the NFL, hopefully they can carry on what, what Nick Saban has taught them and they can have a legacy beyond football. But, you know, Caleb Downs is going to be good wherever the hell he goes. He's the best freshman football player in the country. Right. right. So, you know, good luck to Caleb Downs. He's a great player. I don't wish him any ill will. He could go to a one double A school tomorrow and he's going to be okay. He could go anywhere he wants and he's going to be okay. He's that good. He's generational, you know. So, um, I don't really get bent out of shape about that. Are we going to replace him? No, we're not going to replace him. We're going to put somebody else in that's probably really good, right? But we're not going to replace him. You know, he's he's not a replaceable player in my opinion on the roster right now. Um, but the next guy we put in is going to be pretty freaking good too. Right. So we're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I didn't read any of it. I just see what you've been posting and I love it. I just sit back and watch. Um, 
And every time you put Roll Tide, I'm like, I got this guy, Roll Tide. Because it's yeah. like, and you talk about not being fair, life's not fair. It's not fair. So if it's, no. the, if it's the world we live in, the coaches are stressed out from the transfer portal. But guess what? Every single one will tell me. We embrace it. We have to. If we don't, we get left behind. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, I know – I know Coach Saban came out and said that that wasn't a factor in his retirement. Um, and I get that, and I understand that. But, you know, understanding the nature of the business and, and how the game has changed so many times throughout his career, and now that he's 72 years old, mm-hmm. to me it kind of was a little bit of a factor. He would have had to – you know, he's changed the last couple of years. He's changed with RPOs. He's changed with how he plays defense. He's gone through that a bunch of times. But to me, you know – at the end of the day, his statement was more about, I don't have the energy to do what I need to do to hold up to my own personal standard. Well, right. a lot of that has to do with the portal and recruiting and where it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's going to take more energy. It's going to take, you know, a different mindset than what we used to do and what we used to present to the players. And, you know, I don't think the portal is the be all end all of why he transferred, but I, oh, I'm sorry, why he retired. But I think it has something to do with it because it takes more energy nowadays as a coach. You know, you're recruiting your own roster. You're recruiting mm-hmm. a new roster. You're recruiting high schools. You're doing so many things to keep your team in balance and to figure out who your team is um, that it takes, you know, as good as Coach Saban is, as as disciplined as he is, as motivated as he is, the standards that he holds, you only have so much energy as a human being. There's only yep. so much you can do. At 72 freaking years old, yep, it's tough. You know, it's tough to do. And he said he had to be more involved on the defensive side this year, and that took a lot out of him. Yeah, well, you, you run out of, you know, life, energy, mm-hmm. passion, all those things. Eventually, they run dry at 72 years old. God bless him for the job he did this year because it was probably, I think, part of the reason. To be honest with you, Steve. I think he went out right now because this may have been one of his best coaching jobs ever. Yep. Um, yep. You know, getting to where they got to after losing the Texas game, holding the team together, you know, winning games that they probably shouldn't have won. The Auburn game is a fluke. Okay. I get it. But, you know, when you really look at it, I think he was okay going out right now because I think to him, in his mindset, this was probably about as good of a job as a leader and a coach and everything he hangs his hat on. You know, pun, you know, pundits, fans, crit, you know, you know, people who critique. We didn't beat Michigan. We didn't get to the championship. We didn't win the final. In his mind, this might have been the best he's ever done. Right, right. Because I don't know if this is the same with this trash ball. You're bringing kids in. They might be sophomores or juniors, but you have to coach them the way that you want, and that takes a lot. And when you're 72 years old and you're trying to mold the team together, and you got guys in there. And you got different coaches, different offense coordinator all the time and everything else. He had to bring it together. And like you said, he may have had to done more than he did last year. And he finally realized if this is what I have to do from now on and I can't do it the way I need to, I need to go out on top. And going on top is, hey, we did things that nobody thought we were going to do this year, even for Alabama. Like after the Texas loss, they were like, Alabama should never be there again. They're not going to even get in the playoff. And we can people can argue about Florida State and all that. Guess what? The reality was they got in. Uh, they played tough with Michigan, and then Michigan just grinded it out and and pulled out the win. And he's just – if he's exhausted, he's like, maybe I should just be done. And that's okay. Nothing's wrong with that. I, I mean, 
it's selfish on our part. We don't want to see him leave. You know, Alabama fans, football fans, coaches, nobody wants to see him leave. But, you know, to his standard, to what he wants to do, if he can't function at that capacity, um, you know, could he half-ass it for a while and still be better than most? Yeah, he could. He, you know, he, he's that good. He's that good at what he's done. But he can't live up to his standard. It's time to go. But, I, you know, I honestly think it was a good time for him to go because only – People in the know that have done it, that understand what coaching really is. Mm-hmm. This might have been one of his best coaching jobs ever. Yep. yep. I thought. Yep. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, people aren't going to see that. They're, they're like, well, because he didn't win a championship. He's never said – I'm sure he probably has, but he's about process and making them better, and that's what he did. Like, he's about the process and going through it, and if you do everything the right way and play the right way, you win. But he – right. If anybody knows anything about him, read any books about him, he moves on. They win a game. He's already like, hey, it's a new day. It's not going to be the same. How do we get better? We don't think about that. And people don't know that. They just think championship, championship, championship. If it was about championships, he would have left when they lost. Like he would just been like, yeah. oh, I can't do this here. I got to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, because they, you know, honestly, you know, with all his track record of success and everything else, you know, it, the last three, four years, whatever, it didn't end in a championship. You know, they didn't win a championship. So he could have packed it in if it was all about that. But, you know, every year is a new year to him. Every, every, you know, every year is a new team. It's a new process. It's a new goal. It's, it's a new program. And that's how he stayed so motivated for so long was he treated every year as a new year and, and, you know, He's different. He's different than most. Um, that's why he not only had the success he had, but lasted as long as he did. And, um, you know, I think that's going to be the part that, that people miss mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I, I know I know people are going to miss the PDFs, and I know people are going to miss Ripley's match, and I know people are going to miss his defensive terminology and what he did as a defensive guy. But at the end of the day, what people are really going to miss is his approach and, and how he handled – being at the top of the mountain Mm -hmm. and regrouping every year and turning it into a new season, a new team, a new business, a new franchise. Like, you know, he had a way of doing it and it's tough to do, but he kind of mastered it. And I love how they're like, well, it was the transfer portal. Transfer portal has been going on for years. I know the NIL is new, but it's been going on for a couple of years and they were fine. I mean, every other team is getting competitive, but they also have great coaches. Look at all the teams he played. They have amazing coaches too. On top of yeah. that, and so like he didn't. If he if he really wanted to go, as soon as that stuff became legal, I guess, or started happening, he would have left. He'd be like, "Nope, not going to do it." No, yeah. he went into it head first. He did well. He advocates for college football, and that's where some of his focus was going. I think, and maybe that's where it continues to go. Is hey, I'm going to help out college football. I'm going to do whatever. He would have ran. So people are just going to say what they want, spew whatever they want. That's the world we live in, and but. If people really watched it and paid attention, they would have seen he would have just left. It would have been done. Well, and here's the best thing about it, Steve. He he's going to be a bigger advocate for college football now than he ever was as the head coach at Alabama. Because as an advocate for college football at Alabama, everybody's always going to say, "Well, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You have all the advantages to begin with." Well, now he's out of the game. Yep. He's still involved with Alabama, but now he's just speaking as an advocate for college athletics. He's speaking yep. as an advocate for, you know non-revenue sports and revenue sports. So he's going to have for his legacy a bigger say in college athletics now than he ever did because mm-hmm. he doesn't really have a part. I know he's still tied to Alabama. He's got an office at Brian Denny. 
Kalen DeBoer said he's going to keep him involved in day-to-day activities. I get that part. But now, without a, a, a without being a, a true stakeholder in the game, now I think his legacy grows even more because now I think his opinion on where the game should go, what people should do, revenue sports, non-revenue sports, what you know, what what we should be doing with college athletes. I think it's going to resonate mm-hmm. twofold now because he's not in the game anymore. Right, I agree. What do you think about the hire? What do you think about that? I mean, how can he beat it? Like you know, if you're so let's let's break the whole timeline down of of what we know and what we don't know. So he retires. Everybody thinks that there are certain names that they're going to go after, right? So we're going to go after Lanning, and we're going to go after. Uh, Sark, and we're going to go after maybe Norvell, and maybe it's Kiffin, maybe it's somebody else. Well, behind closed doors, who did we really go after? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have access to that information. Um, but what I do know is a guy retired, and he made three to four or more people more money at their job with more support at their job just by retiring. <laughs> now, right. the, 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 the key cog behind the whole thing is – Jimmy Sexton is the agent of everybody that was at play. Yep. So, you know, that is the the you know the 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 elephant in the room, so to speak. So he's manipulating Saban's exit. He's manipulating the next coach. He's manipulating the guys that he currently, you know, represents. So who knows who Alabama wanted to talk to? Who knows who they interviewed? Who knows, you know, everybody says, well. You know, like if you're a Florida State fan, you put all these memes and gifts out there with Norvell kicking Alabama in the teeth and saying, hey, I'm going to stay at FSU. Well, were you really asked to have the job? Were you really asked? Were you offered Mm -hmm. the job? You know, what did you really turn down? What do we know behind closed doors about what really happened? You know, and if you want to look at it in, in, in that perspective, well, okay, so did Dan Lanning and Steve Sarkeesian turn down Alabama to stay at their schools? Well, I don't know. I'm a fan. Uh, I, I'm I'm not behind closed doors. But if they did, then we hired the guy that has never lost to those two. Mm-hmm. That's did true. Did we really go wrong? So if 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 Lanning was our guy and Sark was our guy and they turned us down and that's a kick in the teeth to Alabama, well, you know what we ended up doing? We hired the guy that's never lost to the two people that everybody wanted. Is that really a bad thing? No. No, it's not. Because that guy's track record is on point. Yeah. Like, you know, so, you know, the the ultimate winner in all this to me might be Greg Byrne, the athletic director at Alabama. Like Mm -hmm. everybody pigeonholed it to these guys. Everybody said it's got to be these guys. Certain programs and places came out and said, our guys turn your school down. How much better is our program? How bad is Alabama right now? We turn you down. Well, at the end of the day, Greg Byrne might be the biggest winner of it all because, okay, so you turned us down, so to speak. You didn't want this job. You made hype videos to stay at your place. And we hired the guy that's never lost to you. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the, to me, that's like the ultimate F you, you know, so to speak. Like, okay, so we couldn't get you. You're who we wanted. You're who everybody thought we wanted. So we hired the guy that's never lost to you. Mm-hmm. Like, can you, can you find a more Alabama way of, of dealing with things, so to speak, and what everybody thinks about Alabama? We couldn't get who we wanted, so you know what we ended up with—the guy that beat everybody that we wanted. Yeah, like you know, how much better can you get than that? And maybe they never called him, and they're just saying these things for recruiting tools, like the Dan Lanning video. 
I loved it. I'm like, that's a great recruiting yeah. tool. Fantastic. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do it for your program. Do it. You know, do it. If that's, if you're staying, if you turn the job down, so be it. If you never got off the, offered the job, so be it. The speculation is your name might've been involved and you went back and turned it into a gold mine for you. Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. You know, be all, I'm all about it. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, begrudge Dan Lanning one bit. I don't begrudge Oregon football one bit. Behind closed doors, were you ever offered the job? I don't know. Were you asked to interview? Maybe. Were you just a name, you know, behind closed doors that people think is hot? Maybe. Is your agent the same guy that's Nick Saban's agent? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, like, from a business perspective, behind closed doors, none of us will ever know what happened. We'll get hearsay and speculation. But at the end of the day, whatever you did to take it and run with it to make your program better, good on you. Yep. 100% good on you. And, And I love the video. I love the hype video. I'm all about it. I'm all for it. But, you know, we... We fell flat on our face at Alabama, and unfortunately, we ended up with a guy that's never lost to the people that we wanted. Sorry. <laughs> and just coached in the national championship. And right. was just in a national championship with a team that nobody probably thought would be there with, you know, um, assets and, and, and you know, um, things that Alabama obviously can match twofold. Yep. So, you know, does he have a Southern accent? No. Does he know the SEC? No. Does it matter? No. no. In my opinion, no. If you can build a roster at Washington in two years that can go to the national championship game, when you get to Alabama, I think you'll be just fine. Right. Because, again, we live in the transfer portal world. Years ago when this wasn't a thing, maybe the Lane Kiffins or Dan Lanning's would go. But since it's a transfer portal and they go, I have resources here, and, again, they may never have been asked. Maybe never have been asked. But it's still a home run hire. Maybe it's not the sexy hire, but you're going to get a guy in there that understands how to build a program he just showed you in Washington. Like a cold place. Now he's going to be in Alabama. More resources. You have Nick Saban there still around. Yep. And you're bringing your guys with you that show this high-powered offense that can throw the ball around and do these things. And they played with Michigan for a little bit until they couldn't. But they had injury problems. But, but it's still a good hire. It's not a sexy hire. People wanted Lane Kiffin because they thought that was a sexy hire. It's still good. He's pr- look at his. He's lost what twelve games, sixteen games his whole life as a head coach. Sounds pretty I mean, good if to you me. Really look at it, Steve. To be honest with you, you know, maybe the limited time at big time places, you know, comes into play. But no other coach out there can match his resume. No, I don't care what you tell me. Nobody can match his win-loss record. Nobody can match the track record he has of turning programs around. You know, year two, three in his programs that he's taken over, nobody can match those results. I don't no. care who you are. And, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it it's all about, you know, we live in a social media world. It's all about buzz. It's all about, you know, interest and, you know, sexy, cool, whatever, you know, terms you want to look at. I don't know if it's that or not, but when you really break down the resumes of everybody involved, can you do much better than that? No. You know, I don't know if you can, you know, and, and um, you know, personally, to be honest with you, as an Alabama fan, would I, have, I would have loved Lane Kiffin, yep. and here's why. I would have loved the social media interactions. I would have loved, <laughs> you know, all the, all the things that, that spark my interest, that get me motivated, because if they win or lose, I don't make any money, I don't lose any money. 
I have to get up and go to work the next day. I'm a fan like everybody else. So the, the social media buzz, you know, the, the, his social media and X accounts and, you know, I would have loved that personally. Business wise, was that the best hire? Probably not. You know, um, you know, track record, probably not. Uh, but, you know, when you look at resumes and what people have been able to do at programs, can you, you know, I don't know if you can get any better than what Kalen DeBoer's done. I, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely impossible to, to, to grade, you know, if you grade Kalen DeBoer versus Sarkeesian, how can you not agree with DeBoer? If you grade Kalen DeBoer versus Dan Lanning, how can you not agree with DeBoer? Like mm -hmm. it, it, when you get beyond the name and, you know, the, the flavor of the week and the buzz, like when you get to pure facts, how can you do any better than that? You can't. And speaking of social media, like if you still, Lane Kiffin is still posting pictures. He just posted a thing that said, roll tie, posted a picture in Alabama. I love yeah, it. He's the best. Love Lane it. Kiffin is the best. He's the best at what he does. He's the best at reinventing himself. You know, Lane Kiffin to me is, and you know, obviously anybody that knows me from your podcast knows I'm a big wrestling guy. I'm a big mm -hmm. wrestling fan. Lane Kiffin is a gimmick. Lane Kiffin is a character. You know, great football mind, don't get me wrong. Great mm -hmm. offensive mind, don't get me wrong. Love the guy. He's a character of himself. He he He's a gimmick of himself. And he plays it to the utmost, you know, potential of what it can be. And God bless him for that. And I love him for that. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I don't even – Kiffin doesn't have the resume Kalen DeBoer has. I, I don't I, – no. I'm not even going to argue that with anybody. No. Like, yeah, like you said, great offensive mind, and that's what he has. This is the what this is what the longest tenured head coaching thing he's ever been at is Old Miss, maybe. Yeah. So like, if this is ten years from now and he was still the head coach of Old Miss and did something, then you could have a different argument. But for right now, you have to look at what he's done. Has he gotten better? Yeah, but he got better because of Nick Saban, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I I, I think so. I, I I think he's I think he's a great offensive mind. I think he's a really good head football coach. I think he's good from a business standpoint. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know. You, you have to deal with what you have to deal with and understand that, that you know, there's going to be positives and negatives. He creates a buzz. He moves the needle. He's at a place like Ole Miss. He's everything you need. Now, at a place like Alabama, you don't really need to move the needle. You need to keep the needle steady. Is he that guy? Well, I don't know. Um, you know, track record says no. I get it. Um, you know, I, would I have been okay with him getting a shot? I certainly would have. But – you know, at the end of the day, I think you're you're looking at a at, at, at a not only a solid choice, but a very conservative choice of somebody that I think fits the mold of Alabama. Um, you know, I don't Alabama is not Michigan or, or by any means like we don't need an Alabama guy. I don't think, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think Nick Saban was an Alabama guy. You know, a lot of our hires haven't been and a lot of people have not had success going that route. Right. Um, he becomes the head foot. He becomes a head football coach of your program. So you know what that makes him? That makes him an Alabama guy. Yep. Um, and he's now an Alabama guy, and now, you know, he has to embrace the culture and he has to embrace the pressure. But he didn't have to be an Alabama guy 30 years ago to be the Alabama guy today. I've never bought into that. I've never believed in that. Um, the world we live in now with NIL and transfer portals, I don't think we live in a world anymore of, of guys that say, all right, look, your brother went there, your father went there, your cousin went there, 
you're an Alabama guy. I don't, I don't think we live in that world anymore. I think you become an Alabama guy when they hire you and you take the job. Um, and I think a lot of other places out there, you know, to me, Michigan becomes the number one epitome of, hey, Michigan needs a Michigan guy. Well, does that really work out all the time? I don't know. Is it working out right now? Yes. Did you go through a lot of um, tough times with that? Yes, you did. And now it turned out. But, like, to me, the world we live in right now, you become that guy when you take the job. You don't need to have a resume from there. You don't need to have ties to there. You don't need to have – this guy understands college football. He understands the landscape of college football, and now he has the ability to do it at a place that is a blue blood with a history, with resources – he doesn't need to understand. Now, he will understand Alabama, don't get me wrong, uh-huh. but I don't think he needs to understand Alabama per se to succeed at Alabama. He understands the landscape of college football. Right, right. Uh, well, that's why everybody thought Dabo Sweeney. Like, as soon as it happened, Dabo Sweeney, Lane Kiffin, it was one of those two because Dabo Sweeney's an Alabama guy, Alabama guy. But like you just said, with the way it's changed, no. Like, I, didn't, I heard his name the first two hours after that, gone. Like never they again. They were having, I mean, Steve. They were having rallies on Alabama's campus to not hire Dabo Swing, like <laughs> students and alumni and other people. Like they were having rallies to not hire Dabo, and and that's not a shot at Dabo. I mean, he's done a great job at Clemson. He's a great coach. I I don't have a problem with him, but like that should tell you to me more about your program. Your program should all you know should be all about the best hire who can take us where we want to go. I don't really give a shit. Excuse my French. Where he graduated from? Is he an Alabama guy? Is he a Penn State guy? I don't care. Right. When he, when we hire him and we pay him, guess what he becomes? He becomes an Alabama guy. He becomes a Penn State guy. He becomes a Texas guy. If boosters and big money people feel like they can manipulate somebody because they are their people, well, is that really what we want, anyways? Like, do <laughs> do I want some businessman with a ton of money? to be able to manipulate my head coach because of the, no, I want my head coach to coach football and right. I want the business guy to run business. I don't want the two to intertwine NIL. We need support. We need money. We need backing. That's where I want you to, I want you to, to back the program. I want you to invest in the program. I don't right. want you to coach the program. I don't want you to be that guy. So I don't really care to me, honestly, and I've never really cared I think when you take the job, you become an Alabama person. You become right. an Alabama guy. You embrace the culture. You embrace the stress. You embrace everything about it. You don't need to be Alabama to understand that. Like to say that, well, we need an Alabama guy to understand what Alabama is all about. No, I think a lot of people across the nation, and if you look at X, Twitter, Instagram right now, shit, I think there's a lot of people that understand what Alabama's about, and they're taking their shots at Alabama right now mm-hmm. twofold. Yep. Because they know what Alabama – well, if you can take your shot at Alabama as an outside program, you know, because we're losing kids to the transfer portal and our roster is being affected, if you can take your shots at us, well, then you know what? I think you understand Alabama about as good as we do. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think we need to hire an Alabama guy. I think Kalen DeBoer now becomes an Alabama guy. Well, and like, for, like you could relate that to high school. Like my advice to people was – I wanted to coach at my high school. I was an assistant there, but then I learned so much more going to other places. You don't need, they don't need me there because I'm that person. 
because it's good to branch out and be different and take a different approach and learn different things. So I relate that to some coaches. I'm like, you don't need to go coach at your high school. You don't. Go learn something different because and, – and the Alabama thing, you need an Alabama guy or – are you just talking about Nick Saban? Because where was Alabama before Nick Saban? They were Correct. struggling. Correct. So, like, what do you mean you need an Alabama guy? Do you need an Alabama guy from 20 years ago? No. You just no. need you just need a, a person that's going to hold the glue together. Like, and if you think that's this guy, fine. And I think it is. He's shown it time and time again. That's all you need. You just need somebody to start taking the – Nick Saban built the car. There's steering wheel. Somebody else has to grab it. That's yeah, it. I mean, and and you know, when you really when you really think about it, obviously Nick Saban came in at a time where Alabama was in flux; they were struggling. But you know, we're not talking about revolutionizing a car that had never been built before. Mm-hmm. That car was built thirty years ago. Right. That car has been around for a long time. It lost its luster, mm-hmm. but that car was built a long, long time ago, and we lost it for a little bit, and we lost it, you know, based on sanctions and and things that we probably did wrong and and things that we have to own up to but you know Nick Saban didn't invent a car Nick Saban just took some wax and polished it up and said hey this car is still pretty cool yeah you know like it's it's still one of the best cars out there you just need to look at it in a different light he didn't he didn't create a car he didn't build the you know the new you know Ford car in 1930 whatever and he didn't he didn't design a new car he just put a spin on a car mm-hmm. that's been pretty cool for a long damn time right? and lost its luster. And, you know, now they're back where they were for years. And, 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 and that's the other thing that I argue with people about for, you know, that say, all right, oh, cool, you're an Alabama fan. Oh, it's really easy to be an Alabama fan. Oh, you're from New York, you're an Alabama fan. Well, you know, a lot of the people that I argue with, if, if, you, if you base it on 1978 to 2023, I live in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's a Florida Gator fan has won almost as many football games as Alabama has won since I've been an Alabama fan. So if you want to say that I'm a front runner for being an Alabama fan and, you know, it's easy to be an Alabama fan and, oh, you must root for Duke and everything. You know, I happen to be a Yankees fan. I, I grew up in New York. Yes, I'm a Yankees fan. But, you know, it's one of those things where people say, well, oh, you root for the Lakers. Oh, you root for the Yankees. Oh, you root for Duke. No, that's not really what it is. If you want to talk about front running, your college football programs won almost as many games as mine. Right. Since I've been a fan. So are you a front runner? You know, maybe you haven't enjoyed national championships. You haven't enjoyed the success I've enjoyed the last 15, 20 years. But if we go back to when I started as a fan and when I started watching Alabama football and you break down the results of a lot of these different programs – You've won almost as many, if not as many games as I have. Mm-hmm. What what really entails a front run? You know, we've been, as an Alabama fan, I've been through doldrums. The only time I've ever seen Alabama live in my life, Steve, they played Florida and they lost 16-6 to six coming off probation. <laughs> only time I've ever seen Alabama live in my life. I've never been to a home game in Alabama. I've never been to Bryant Denny. I've seen them live one time in my entire life in Let's say now 44 to 45 years of being a fan. And mm-hmm. the time I saw them, they lost 16 6 to a mediocre Florida team coming off probation. I mean, I've, I've been through it. I've, I've been through it like everybody else. I've been through the ups and the downs. You know, yes, the last 
17 years after the first year of Saban going. And that's the other thing that people don't talk about. Let's totally different landscape. I get it. But, you know, Nick Saban went seven and six and lost to Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are we going to do to judge Kalen DeBoer? Okay. Different landscape, different roster, different set of circumstances. Agree. I'm not going to argue that with anybody, but all facts aside, Nick Saban went seven and six and lost to Louisiana Monroe. So is next year going to be all, you know, everybody talking about, we'll give him one year, one game, two years. I, I'm not giving him shit, you know, to be honest with you. I, I went through it. I watched Nick Saban go seven and six. I watched him lose to Louisiana Monroe. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've tweeted this a couple of times. Places are so quick to get rid of coaches. I think Michigan just proved, like, if you stick with a coach – for a little bit, good things are going to happen. Like, th- how many times did they talk about getting rid of him? And all of a sudden, yeah. they go on the stretch of being Ohio State for three years, making the playoffs. Now they want to give him everything he wants. They just restructured his contract to make less money because they were going to get rid of him, but there was nobody to hire. So I think they just proved, like, if you stick with this coach, good things can happen. Don't be so quick to get rid of them because now you're just in a other shit storm that's about to happen. Like, you just hired him two years later. Ah, we got to get somebody else then restart well what we end up it, 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 and, and here's the good and the bad about it steve to be honest with you college football is so passionate and the fan base is so passionate that we judge seasons upon one game mm-hmm. so if you're at ohio state or michigan you judge it on that game right it, you know you judge it on you know all right championships i get all that but when you really break it down beyond that one game so you know when they were trying to get rid of hallball at michigan he couldn't beat ohio state Right. Okay. Let's look at everything else that's gone on. You're winning 11 games a year. You're doing all these other things. You're just not winning that one game. And you want to base your program and your hire and your coach on that one game. I think you're going to fail. Like Mm -hmm. if you do that forever, I think you're going to fail. The guy's doing everything he needs to do. The program is relevant. They're winning 11 games a year. You know, they stuck with him and, and now he hasn't lost to Ohio State in three years, and he wins a national championship. Like, all these rivalry games and these big games that we have to win, you know, you're really breaking it down to a one-game season, but then you want to critique a guy that says, all right, we, we only win 10 games, we only win 11 games. Well, you're basing your program around one game anyways. What does it matter if I win three or a million? You're basing your program around one game. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I'm an Illinois fan. I would love to have an 11-win season. I would love it. That would just boom the University of Illinois. I mean, we won eight games a couple years ago or two years ago. We were on top of the world because we're like, oh, my God. And then, like you said, they're based off of one game. He's winning 11 games. And I was like, I'll switch spots with you. I'm okay if Illinois loses to the rival, but he's winning 11 games. That's awesome. He's a chance for the Big Ten title. That's awesome. Right. So why are we complaining about it? I know the rivalry is huge and people get fired and and everything else, but, like, give time. Give time. You know, and, and I think I think what happens, Steve, to be honest with you, is is every head coach has to embrace the rivalry, right? We we've got to live in that world. But you know, honestly, I think the rivalry means more to a fan than it does to the guy behind the wheel of the car. Right. Like if I'm gonna win eleven games and lose the rivalry game, I'm in a good spot. I'm fine. But the fans and the social media world and I gotta go to work with this guy that's uh, uh, an Auburn fan. And I got to deal with his shit for a year because he's an Auburn fan. It hurts the fans more than it hurts the coach because 
All right, well, we won 11 games. We're trending in the right direction. We got everything where we needed to be. We didn't win that game. Nobody's happy about it. But to me, the fan takes the hit way more than the coach does, and then they make it the be-all, end-all of what we're trying to do and where we need to go, where it's like, all right, we just won 11 games. We lost one, and it's the one that you live for. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think we're in the right spot. I think we're doing the right things, but you can't live with that because you got to go to work yeah. the next day with an Auburn fan. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that—that that to me, the fans blow that completely out of out of proportion. And like you said, if you're a fan of a different program and you're winning six, seven games, and you said, "Hell, I'll trade you tomorrow mm-hmm. to win eleven and have a chance at a conference championship. I'll trade you my rivalry, everything I've got in the world for that." Fans don't understand that because all they want is a leg up to say, hey, look, you know what? We went 1-11, but we beat Auburn. We went 1-11, but we beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. We went 1-11. And, and, and fans live on that legacy when it's really more about, hey, what should we really be living on? Mm-hmm. You know, like a chance to win championships, a chance to go to the playoffs, a chance to do all those things. The rivalry game is great, but to me the rivalry game is more about the fans right. than it is about anything else. Right. You know, because they're the ones that have to go to work the next day. And, and I get it. We're nothing without fans. The game of football is nothing without fans. I don't disparage fans at all. But I think at the end of the day, when you're building a program and you're looking at results and you're looking at where we're going and where we're trending, that one rivalry game, you know, yeah, it's big. Yeah, we all want to win it. But grand scheme of things we go 11 and 1 and we lose that one and we still get into the playoff or we go 11 and 1 we lose that one and we still have a chance for a conference championship i think we're okay yeah i think you're sitting pretty that's yeah i mean i I guess you could say alabama texas it's not a rivalry but it was a coaching rivalry and they lost and they still made it and they weren't 100 percent. they were they were fine with it they were like look we made the playoffs who cares about that game now like it was just thrown out you're fine Mm -hmm. And and I think you know again if you if you ask Alabama fans we're going to go eleven and one and we're going to lose to Texas or Auburn which one do you choose? You're choosing Texas every day of the week, right? Yep. It, it yep. is what it is. You know you're choosing one game. We had to lose one. We got to win. You know the, the Iron Bowl. We got to win that game. And I get it. I understand it. I, I'm not you know I'm not again. I don't disparage that at all. But like in the grand scheme of things, as an AD, as a head coach, as a business owner, somebody involved in Alabama football we've got to do the things we need to do to get the program to the next level. And we've been fortunate enough that, you know, we've done the things we've needed to do. And the Auburn win for Auburn is a big deal because they beat Alabama. But for Alabama, it's really just a a stone in the way of what we really want to accomplish. Right. Right. You know, that that's really what it comes down to. Right. Auburn being able to beat us is a feather in their cap, the rivalry game. It's huge for them. But for us, yeah, you know, and, and from from a program standpoint, that was a win that we needed to have because we needed to go do other things. Mm-hmm. But yeah. from a fan standpoint, that's a win you need to have because I got to go to work tomorrow. Right. I got to wear this Alabama hoodie. Right. I got to talk to my buddies that are Auburn fans. Right. That's the issue. Well, like, ROC is a Georgia fan from childhood, you know, or teenage years. And so when Georgia beat them, I wore, he wore his Georgia stuff or my Alabama stuff. The next day he just kind of gave me a look and I'm like, yeah, I know. Like one of those things, just like you said, yeah. I have to look at him and be like, I know. And he goes, just stick to st- stick with U of I. And I'm like, I know, but you have to deal with that. 
It's part of the business. It, it is part of the business. Uh, or like I'm friends with people that are Ohio State fans, and I cannot stand Ohio State, but they live in Illinois. Like you said, well, how are you an Ohio State fan if you live in Illinois? I don't know their life story. And I call them bandwagon people because it's Ohio State. Not knowing maybe maybe their dad's from Ohio. And so they're grown into Ohio State fans. Like, it's the I'm just circling back to, like, you were from New York, now you live in Florida, but you're an Alabama fan. This guy's in Illinois, but he's an Ohio State fan. And I, but, just repeating myself, but I think Ohio State, I hate Ohio State, so when I see it, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather That's root for Auburn. I'd rather root for Auburn. I can't believe we've talked for 43 minutes just on Alabama. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably... When when this podcast comes out and it's hey Coach Mac play fast football, I don't think people are going to expect that. I'm going to title it "Roll Tide" with Coach Mac. That's what I'm going to title mm. it. Yeah, all things football. All things football because they're going to see Coach Mac and they're going to be like, "Well, he's just going to talk scheme," and they're probably not going to listen. They're just going to watch his YouTube. So that's why I'm going to put it "Roll Tide." Yeah, and and that's part you know. That's going to be awesome for me, too, because that's that's one of the things that I try to get people to understand. You know, people that know me from PlayFast and YouTube, um, I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, uh, everything comes down to scheme and X and O's and whiteboard. And, like, you, you wish people really knew a little bit more about you and like what you're really about and what you care about and interests that you have. And, um you know, it's it's just one of those deals where I'm passionate about a lot of things. Um, the same way I do X's and O's is the same way I kind of do everything in my life. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, it's, you know, if, if, if you want to talk about football in Alabama, we'll talk about football in Alabama. You want to talk about play fast, talk about play fast. You want to talk about, you know, music, we'll talk about music. Whatever you want to talk about, I can go down that road. And I'm kind of the same person all the time. You know, I'm 100 miles an hour with what I do. That's how I live my life. Well, and then, like, you said this last time, I love how your videos are so raw. Like, you start the video, you see you walk in, boom. And I love that. I love the authentic – I can't even say the word – the realness of it. You know, like, Authent this is who you authenticity. are. Authenticity. I'm a dumb country boy. It's not going to happen. I can't say the words. Ah, ah, ah. But that's what I love about the – like – like I think it was 2015 or 16, I saw you doing that. Uh, Coach Mackey was doing his thing. I tried to copy you and like go on the whiteboard, and I was like, I hate this. This isn't him. I want to edit it, and I didn't. I didn't know. And then when I actually paid attention, I'm like, oh, he just puts on the camera, and you literally hear him walk around. You hear the school bell going off, and <laughs> people. I'm sure people were probably like, he doesn't edit this, and I'm like, I'd rather see realness than somebody that's trying to have an agenda. If that makes yeah, and, sense. And, and, and I mean, I think, Steve, to be honest with you, like that's what, you know, like anything else in the world, um, e e e the consumer, the customer, they have a choice to choose what they want to choose. And, you know, I think there's a demographic of mine that I am very thankful for that loves the realness and the rawness. I think there's a demographic that would rather have it professionally edited. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to be honest with you, Steve, I, I had a former player of mine that that was teaching at the same school I was at a couple of years ago and he's big in, in the um, uh, he's now created his own business. He's doing a phenomenal job in the uh, photography, visual, visual editing world, doing videos for kids and made a great career. I'm so proud of the kid. And uh -huh. I started working with him 
when we were doing our clinic and, and he was my video guy and I needed all these different takes on things. And he actually went into some of my YouTube videos and he edited them. And the first one I did, I got like two comments that said, hey, coach, editing looks awesome. Can you please go back and do the videos the way you always did them? And, and I felt so bad going back to this kid, former player, played for me, um, love him to death. I felt so bad going back to him and going, hey, look, you know, you did an awesome job. The edits are beautiful, but my clientele doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they don't. Um, and from that point on, this was probably halfway through my play fast career. Um, from that point on, I just said, look, I have an audience. Right. My audience likes what they like and I have a niche. And, you know, the, the, the problem that I have, to be honest, it, there's two kind of issues that I struggle with in, in what I do. Um, number one, content creation becomes really tough because I don't have, you know, the, the guys that exited the realm that we were living in and went into the realm of analyzing college and NFL football. Um, they created their own content. They can now take the next eight months and break down any, every, ever every NFL team, mm-hmm. every NFL scheme. And they have content on top of content. And it was probably a smart decision on their part. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, but, what it kind of lost was its authenticity to say, okay, well, you know, you, you open yourself to more content, you open yourself to a larger audience, but where's the authenticity to say that you still do this? Mm-hmm. You still do it every day. You know, you, you left that world to become this person and you're now, you know, you, you created a bigger audience and a larger audience of guys that, that, and, and, male, female, whoever it may be. But you kind of, to me, you almost lost an audience because, all right, so you're now telling, you're telling me what I should be doing every day of practice and you don't coach anymore. Right. Um, you're telling me the things I should be doing and, and you don't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I always tried to keep my niche. I always tried to keep my balance of what I do in that spectrum. And, you know, it was raw. It was unedited. It was school bells. It was mistakes. It was me fidgeting with my hands. It was me, mm-hmm. you know, rubbing my nose. It was me, all the idiosyncrasies that I have as a person speaking. It was me saying, I'm okay, or, you know, whatever it may be, 55 times. And professionally, from an editing standpoint, those are all the things you would try and cut out. Right. But my audience didn't want that cut out. Like, my audience was like, hey, this guy's normal. This guy's right. like us. Right. You know, and... and um and and that's one of the things that I'm I'm probably proudest of is I, I stayed true to my niche. But to be honest with you, Steve, that's the toughest part of what I do. I struggle to create content now. I struggle to come up with videos. I struggle to come up with ideas that, you know, it's been 10 years. I have 750 some odd videos on YouTube. How many different ways can I spin football? Mm-hmm. You know, that's so um, from a content creator standpoint and, and, you know, you, you deal with it every day as a podcast guy, like, you know, how do I keep creating content when I'm not diving into other spectrums? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a whiteboard doing my thing and it makes me who I am. It makes my channel what it is, but at the same time, 
you know, I've kind of cut my nose off to spite my own face in a way because content creation now becomes an issue. Right. Well, it's funny you brought that part because I was going to say, like, football, there's only so much. Like, did you ever find yourself, like, repeating yourself or did it turn into, well, I'm going to go back to this topic, but, like, give a – 100%. Give – maybe go back to this topic, but, like, let's be crazy with it and just come up with something – weird and draw it up and maybe it never works but i'm gonna draw it up and talk about it on this video yeah so like two things that i would say to that point steve to be honest with you um number one um i I, i've done several videos that are probably spins of other videos Mm -hmm. um you know uh a different take on a video that i might have already done um and number two um you know and i just did a youtube live last night you know with guys and and if you think that what I do on the whiteboard every day is what we do at my program, then I have to apologize to you. Um, there is a content creation part to it. There mm-hmm. are times where I'm talking about things that we don't do. Um, and there's times where I'm using vernacular that we don't use. I mm-hmm. can't put as a high school coach, I can't put all my things out there for people to see. Right. Um, you know, but from the content creation part of it you have to spin things you have to get funky sometimes with some things um because until i ever decide to analyze the minnesota vikings the detroit lions the san francisco 49ers the florida gators alabama crimson tide there's going to be a point where the content starts to get tough to create you know and and you have to draw a fine line of being who you are what you say you are and then the business side of it to say, okay, look from a business side, we'd make probably more money and draw a bigger audience if we did these things. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but from a personal side, okay, well, if I do those things, then I'm leaving behind all the people that have followed me for 10 years. Right. You know, that, that like that to me as a business you know, whether it's a small business, a side business, a side hustle, I'm a, I'm a high school teacher and a football coach. That's how I make my living. Right. Um, you know, but as a business owner now of a small business, a YouTube business, a side business, from a business standpoint, it's like, okay, you got to make business decisions. And, you know, would I be better talking about the NFL? And, and now I've got year-long content. Uh, I can talk about the draft. I can talk about new hires. I can talk about new DCs. I can talk about schemes. I can talk about this blitz that they ran. Talk about all these things that I never do in my life, but I open myself up to a bigger audience and more content. You know, that's the hardest part. Right. Because, and you could maybe do both, but then you're putting more pressure on yourself. Like, well, I got to do this for this audience, this for this audience, and then also teach also coach and also be a dad and a husband. And and on top of that, Steve, to be honest with you, you, you'd almost have to lie to yourself. Like, okay, you know, here's this seven man mugged house presentation that the Minnesota Vikings run. And here's us running it and giving up trap for 38 yards. (laughs) You know, like at some point you almost have to lie to yourself to say, all right, look, this is really great in the NFL, really great presentation on third and six. I ran it on third and six in high school and they ran quick trap on me for 36 yards. Like, right. You know, that's, 
always to me the hard part between the two is like, all right, you know, the NFL game in our world is completely different. Mm -hmm. um, the players that are playing, the, a lot of the things are different. You know, I think I could look at film and analyze anybody. Right. Um, I think I know enough about the game of football, and, and I think I'm smart enough to figure out what people do. Um, but if, if I can't do it on Friday night, I've kind of lost my touch with my audience of who I've been, who I've, you know, so do I sacrifice my audience to broaden my business? You know, do I sacrifice my audience? And, and, and look, I think about that every day. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I watch people do what they're doing. I watch the success of a lot of people. And, and I don't, um, for anybody out there that ever thinks about it, like I don't, I don't begrudge anybody for doing what they do. I, I don't criticize people. I don't critique people. That's not my business. Um, but for me to stay true to who I am and what I do, there are certain things that I just can't do. And, right. you know, um, could I do them? I think I can. Mm -hmm. You know, could I sell playbooks? I think I could. Could I, you know, a lot of different things I think I could do if I put my mind to it. Um, right. But I am very grateful for the audience I have. I'm very grateful. You know, we went to the we went to the AFCA convention in, you know, last week in, in Nashville. And, and I'm with my head coach and the owner of the hat company that I work with. And we just came from the Jags game and the Jags just lost. And, um, you know, we're Jacksonville people. We're upset. And we walk across the bridge to Broadway and we go to the first bar. And I happen to have a play fast sweatshirt on. And the first bar we walk into, we don't even walk past the table. And some guy says, hey, Coach Mack, play fast. That's awesome. And, you know, am I thankful for that? Yes. Um, you know, so part of me is like, look, I don't want to ever lose that. I don't want to lose that grassroots. This is who I am. Um, but every day I have a daughter that drives, she's going to go to college in a year. Mm -hmm. I have another daughter in eighth grade. I have bills. I have a house. I have all these other things. The business side of me always thinks about how I can make it bigger. Right. Um, but the old school side of me says, don't ever lose what got you here. Right. You know, I, I don't have state championships. I don't have title rings. I don't have that resume. I got here off of almost a grassroots movement mm -hmm. and I can't ever forget that. That that's just me. Right. Well, and if people are way smarter than me, me, I, I, I couldn't tell you if you repeated a video or not. I would just be like, Oh, let's watch this. Cause there's so many of them. I'm not going to research. Like he did this three years ago. But well, and, and you know, Steve, to be honest with you, there's people out there that do that. Oh, <laughs> I, they got more time than I do. I would never do that. I'd be, I'd be more like, hey, let's watch this video, and maybe he says different words, or maybe he's going to call it something different. Maybe he saw a team do this to them, and now he's going to put it up there and talk about it because there's more than one way to skin a cat. And I'd be like, I'd rather listen to that. And there's probably going to be people that come out and say, hey, Steve, you, you, you had Coach Mack on two years ago. That's true, you and know? I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, and, and again, that's – you know, good on you. It's your podcast. Who gives a shit? Right. Um, but there's going to be people out there that, in, that that put their time and energy into those types of things and, and say, hey, Steve, you did that video. Hey, Steve, you, you interviewed him two years ago. Hey, Steve, you've already done that. How about something new? You know, and, and to me, that's that's you. That's me. That's business owners. That's like we choose to do what we want to do. We choose to interview who we want to interview and talk to who we want to talk to. Um I would 
100% guarantee you that anybody that goes back and listens to our first podcast and listens to this one, the content is nowhere near the same. No. Um, you know, so, um, you know, but that that's, that's also part of the world you live in when you put yourself in this medium, you know, and, and I, and I now, I currently teach a health class with, uh, with kids and, and social media, bullying, mm-hmm. harassment is part of the curriculum. And I talk to, you know, kids and they know what I do. You know, they know the YouTube side, they know the Instagram side, they know the Twitter side and they love it. They have fun with it. You know, um, on the Instagram side, one of the things I do is, you know, I do like trip of the day videos where I talk about what I'm wearing at practice and I represent my hat company. And, and mm-hmm. I say, Hey, I got a custom hat from dome because stock hats suck. And I have kids that come up to me and students that come up to me and say, coach, can we do a drip of the day video? So they embrace it. They love it. It's awesome. Um, you know, but at the same time, I also have to explain to them to say, all right, guys, look, you got to understand something. When you do that, there's going to be people that say you're fat, mm-hmm. you're ugly, your content sucks, your podcast sucks. If you put yourself out there in in that spectrum, you have to be ready to deal with that or don't put yourself out there. Right, right. You know, so when people come back and say, hey, Steve, your show sucks. Okay, great. Thanks for listening. Like, you know, yeah. what else? What else can you say? Like, you, you made a podcast. You decided that this is when this was an avenue you wanted to go through, and you enjoy doing it, and you have fun doing it. Somebody's going to say that the show sucks. You suck as a podcaster. Your background sucks. Your editing sucks. There, it, people are going to say all those things. Well, you know what? You put yourself in that market. You have to be able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I did that when I started to do this, and this podcast reason why it doesn't get views because as much it's a hodgepodge. It's this, it's the Bears, it's Illinois. The Bears won. People leave comments about, like, you're you're a dumb coach. Like, I feel bad for your kids. And I'm the guy that goes back at them. I'm like, well, what are you doing to help kids? Because I'm just pity. But, like, I put myself out there. They're like, well, fuck I you for doing the – like, <laughs> fuck it. your kids. And I go back. And I always say, like, I don't have a lot of followers, especially on Twitter. They'll do it on Twitter, and I go, take your 16 followers somewhere else. Or, like, yeah. I just poke – I just – and people are probably like, oh, you're a great role model for coaches or whatever. And I'm like, you're the one that commented on my thing. This I didn't say anything on the podcast about you. I was talking about Justin Fields. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about this. Right. And so I, I do it all the time. And then sometimes when they do, do put a comment, I go, well, did you watch the video? Like, you just saw the title. Did you watch the video? And then, like, an hour later, they'll say something else. And I'm like, but thanks for watching. And I'm like, you just gave me a view. Yeah. Thanks. Well, and, and that's what it's all about because, you know, you're, you've are you been doing this a long time now. And, and, and you follow, um, you know, you, you, you don't you, – you may not live and die by it like I don't. But I follow my analytics. I know what my analytics are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I follow my YouTube stuff. And – um, I'll do a video that I think is the best video I've ever done and it gets 300 views. Mm-hmm. I'll do a video that I think is so standard run of the mill and it gets 5,000 views. Mm-hmm. Thumbnails, clickbait, titles, like there's an algorithm to this. Yeah, There's a way that if you really want to succeed at this, there's a way that you can chase that success if you want to. Um, and, you know, when you studied YouTube, podcasting 
anything that social media realm, there's there there's a, a defined algorithm of how you can get what you want to get if that's what you're chasing. And, you know, you can take every video you want and you can put a title to it. And the title and the thumbnail may get more clicks than anything else. But the video may not be anything about that. Mm-hmm. You know, the video may not be, and now you got to live in that world for somebody to come back and say, hey, you know, you, you just posted on this video that Coach Mack talked to Nick Saban. And then <laughs> I watched the whole video, and he never, he gave his opinion on Alabama, but he's never talked to Nick Saban. Like, the the title that you post, the thumbnail that you put up, the algorithm is out there for how you can get more views. Yeah, and I'm still learning it. Like, and I should have done a better job, but for like I was stubborn for two years, three years. I'm like, nope, I'm having fun. I don't care. I love talking to people. This is more about me. This year, I've sat down and thought about it. I'm like, I need to take this to a next step if I want to go this route. But I coach three sports. Do I have time to do it? It just sits there and goes. I'm doing it for fun, but at some point, you got to stop if it's just for fun. Even though I'm having a blast, I got to sit down and be like, do I, what do I really need to do? You know? But, yeah. That's just me. And, I'm and I stubborn. Do the same thing. It's like, you know, I just, I put something out on Twitter two days ago about trying to get more sponsors, you know, to sponsor the Playfest, you know, brand. And, um, you know, it, it's a business venture. It's, um, it's something that I do, you know, not only because I love doing it, but it's, it's a side business to mm-hmm. what I do. Right. And, I can't get a second job with what I do. I can't get another job with what I do. My salary is fixed at what it is. We can win 30 games or two games. I, I, I don't change that. So, you know, I don't work on commissions. I don't work mm-hmm. on bonuses. And anybody that's in this business understands that. So, you know, the play fast YouTube side of it is, is also a business venture. Mm-hmm. And how do I make that business venture bigger? You know, um, how do you get sponsors? Uh, how do you get people to support what you're doing? How do you get people to understand that? Okay, look, I can benefit you because I have a demographic. I have an audience mm-hmm. that you want to reach. Um, you know, so that side of it, the business side of it is always tough for me because I'm not a business guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's something that you you have to realize if you're going to do something like this. Yeah, you enjoy it. Obviously, you wouldn't do this if you didn't. Right. Um, you know, yes, you have fun doing it. You also coach three sports. You know, you also have a family. You have other things that you have to take care of. So, you know, the business side of it is always the tougher side to navigate. And if if I was truly into the business side, then I would investigate the algorithms a lot more. My videos right. would be titled different. My mm-hmm. thumbnails would be different. Most of my thumbnails have a Playfast logo or they have my face on them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, if, if I really truly investigated how to get more views, I would do things a lot differently because I, I'm a YouTube guy. I live in the YouTube world, but I also get a lot of my information and my satisfaction, enjoyment, entertainment from YouTube. Right. right. I click on a million videos that have nothing to do with the title. Mm-hmm. Yep. That it, it is what it is. You know, I see thumbnails of things and I'm like, all right, this is going to, even when it's football stuff, I click on videos that have a thumbnail and a title. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And I watched the video and it has nothing to do with the thumbnail or the title. Right. Those people have, 
those people have figured out the business end. They figured out the algorithm. They've understood how to get more views, clickbait, and so be it. Um, you know, but for me, I'm probably never going back to that site. I'm probably never going back to that person. You know, I, I'll learn one or once or twice. Shame on me. Um, so to me, it's all about, you know, uh, yes, I want to generate views. Yes, I want to generate business. Yes, I want to generate interaction. But I'm not going to do it based on an algorithm that says how I should do it. Right. Well, um, I'm also cheap. So when I see all that, I, go, well, I got to get the editing software and I'm not going to spend 200 bucks. I'm not going to do this. And I got to learn it. So I do it the easiest way possible. Even though I edit this, I do it the easiest way I can. Yeah, you do it the way you know how. Right. You know, which is, and again, that's, you know, going back to what we talked to earlier, that's why I never started podcasting. Um, you know, I think I can hold a conversation with a lot of people. Right. Um, I think I can do a lot of things that, that would be great for the podcast world. I, I, I don't know how to... I don't edit my YouTube videos. I don't edit anything. I, I'm not into that. It's not my style. It's not what I like. I I couldn't produce a good podcast for people. If if I was if I did a podcast with you and you went to the bathroom, I'd be screwed. <laughs> well, I just know like on Zoom you can pause recording. So I, when you said that, I was like, oh, pause. So when I go back, right, I, but I, then when you pick it up again, does it flow the right way? Is it you know? Yeah. Are, those are all the things that I worry about. Yeah. I, I worry about it, but then I'm like, eh, it's 10 seconds. Like, who cares? Like, I know I should care, but in my mind, I'm like, I'd rather be authentic and raw and be like, oh, there was 10 seconds where it's weird. What about the other hour? Well, you know? Hopefully, um, you know, for the people that will watch this podcast, it should be raw because if anybody knows anything about me, that's what it is. You know, that's that's what I do. That's that's how I live. It's, you know, I'm not I'm not a professional editor. I, I don't put together content that way. I, I, I do it the way I do it. And if you're going to listen to a podcast with coach Mack, you should probably understand that it's going to be whatever we're going to talk about and it's going to be authentic and it's going to be real. I am who I am. You know, that that's, mm -hmm. that's, I can't change that. Well, that's why you're the man. And that's why I wanted you to come back on. Like he's the man. Cause the last time we talked, it was about golf, WWE and something else. It wasn't even football. And I was like, I love this. Love it. Yeah, because it's easy. Like, you know, any podcast I go on, it's easy to talk about football. It's what I do every day. Like, right. it, it's another thing to go into and say, you know, Coach Wu, what else goes on in your world? What else do you do? Are, are you a person? You know, are you yeah. real? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a person. I'm real. I, I have other interests. I have other things that I do. Um, you know, but. Again, I always go back to the same thing. Nobody would care if it wasn't for play fast football. Nobody would care. You know, I don't have that resume. I don't have state titles. I, I don't coach uh, perennial powerhouses. I don't coach in college. Like nobody would care about Coach Mack or play fast football if it wasn't for play fast football. So, you know, to me, there's still an old school loyalty factor to all those things. I do YouTube live and there's 20 something people on there. I'm not trying to get 150 people. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to get 300 people. I'm trying to reach the 12 people that watch my videos that want to hear what I have to say and want to ask me questions. Those 12 people mean the world to me. Right. Um, you know, and that audience means the world to me. Um, if I wanted to reach 2000, I'd do it different. Right. You would like, we just talked about, you would have 
the avenue that they took for NFL and college film breakdown. If you really wanted a thousand people to tune into live, you would get some big time guy on to talk and be like, I want all the views. I'm gonna get this guy on right now. Like, yeah, and, and I've gone that route, Steve. Believe me, I, I've I've thought about as a content creator, okay, let me interview people. Well, you know what? Here's the problem I have. I don't even know where to start to ask somebody. Uh-huh. I don't even know where to start to ask somebody to say, all right, look, I want to interview Lane Kiffin. I don't even know where to start to do that. I don't, I don't know who to talk to. And, you know, I, I, I watch these other channels and I watch some of the interviews they do. And I'm like, well, how the hell did he get him on? Mm-hmm. Hats off to them. Good for them. Um, I don't even know where to begin to say that I could interview somebody like that or I could talk to somebody like that. Could I have a conversation with him? Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, could I could I have a football conversation with anybody? Yeah, I, I, I'm fine with that part, but I don't even know how to reach out to people like that. That's yeah. sad to say, um, you know, from a business standpoint, you shoot your shot, you do what you need to do. But like I see some of these guys interviewing people. I'm like, how the hell did he get him on his show? I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm like. How did you get this big time NFL guy or this guy? And I'm like looking through Twitter. How can I send this guy a DM? Who knows who? And then I'm diving deep into that. And I'm like, well, what about all these other people I could get? Like podcast episode wise, I'm out in the 500s. I have like 700 videos put up. And it's just coaches from all walks of life that are not Lane Kiffin. And I'm like, I'm going to worry about the, talking to normal college coaches and high school coaches before that even happens. So I stopped shooting shots. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. I I, I probably should, um, you know, from a content standpoint. You you know, I feel the same way for you. You probably should. But if generically, inherently, it's not what you do, well, then it's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I don't know how to explain that to people. I don't know how to explain to people that, hey, look, you know, yeah, I've got a pretty good audience. Yeah, I've got a pretty good following. Yeah, I could probably shoot my shot. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I have no problem telling people that I don't know how. And from a business standpoint, that is probably one of the things that holds you back, you know, from being what you could be or what you should be is I don't even know where to begin. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, and part of me says, you know, what, don't even worry about that. You just do what you do. And the other part of me says, well, if we could get these guys on, maybe the channel would be, you know, even bigger. But the thing I worry about is if we do that once or twice and it works, is that what the channel becomes? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, the, 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 the coach Steve podcast that's been around or whatever it is, you know, if I get one big time guy and it jumps the channel, do I now need 50 big time guys? Do they care if I talk to coach Mac ever again? Do they care if I talk to, you know, Joe blow from some high school in Michigan ever again? You know, that that's, as big as you want to get, you also have to understand as big as you get, you probably need to live in that world. And now you're chasing those guys all the time and you can't go back and just do a regular podcast that Mm -hmm. you love doing because you just, you know, blew it out of the water with that guy. And now you need those guys all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't gotten that. I've, I've not gotten that big. I've gotten some, to me, I treat every single person that comes on here as the most important thing. They're the biggest yeah. person on here. Have I had Division One college coaches on? Absolutely, I have. And I'm blessed that they said yes, and I'm in shock. I'm like, really? Okay. Then I get nervous. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> the most nervous I got was talking to Coach Bart Miller at U of I. He's the offensive line coach. I'm like, he said yes. Oh, my God. And I'm, like, all nervous. 
and he hopped on and he goes, I'm only, I can only talk for 30 minutes. And I'm like, Oh my God, I want to talk to him for 30 minutes. And then I, and then I'm like, but I am also interested in coach Mack. He's a high school football coach with YouTube. I'd rather talk to him too. Like I'm just interested. And that's just how I approach it. And again, maybe I should think bigger box, but to me, you are the most important person right now. And that's how I treat yeah, it. I mean, that, that's the only way to me in, in, in the world of we live in and what we do, that's the only way to approach it. Like, so, you know, I deal with comments on, on videos all the time. I deal with YouTube live comments and guys ask questions and, and some of the guys feel, you know, dumb for asking questions. And I'm like, look, you know, you're the audience. Yeah. You're the reason we're here. The, your question is not dumb. You know, it's not, you know, whether it's uh, day one to me, whether it's routine to me or not, it, it's really not important. You took the time to watch. You took mm -hmm. the time to invest into my product and you asked a question. You deserve an answer. Right. You know, you deserve a comment. You deserve a response. Whether or not I think like, all right, I just did a video on this and this guy just asked me this question. What a jackass or whatever. It, it's not about that. It, you know, it's about, hey, you watched the video. You took the time to watch. I don't have an audience if you're not there. Mm -hmm. I'm talking into a computer or a video camera by myself without you there. You know, you are important. That mm -hmm. comment is important. And then I try to respond to every comment that comes across my way, regardless of what I think about it. Um, you know, so that that's, you know, in our world with what we do, that's kind of the slippery slope all the time to understand. Yeah. I want to be bigger. Yeah. I want, you know, my business to be bigger. Yeah. I want to make more money. You know, yeah. Uh, if, if, if you love coaching, you, you coach three sports, you're obviously somebody that cares about, you know, doing the things that you do. Mm -hmm. If your podcast was big enough that you never had to do those things again, you probably could be okay and live with it. Um, you know, but now you have to live in that world that that's what you do. Right. And, you know, you lose a little bit of the, hey, let me talk to the average guy. Let me, can you find time for that? Yeah, I'm sure you could. You know, but once you cross that bridge, it's like, okay, I'm there now. This is what I have to do. This mm -hmm. is the content people want. This is the content people expect. And then there's a totally, you know, there's a total different pressure on the podcast. Yeah. You know, so like you've now taken a podcast to another level where there's not only a content creation, but now there's a content creation to go, well, shoot, I just interviewed Kalen DeBoer about taking Alabama's job. Who the hell do I interview next? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and, and, and again, that that's, you know, to me, that's what makes the whole landscape of social media, podcasting, YouTube, all these avenues that we have, you know, to me, that's the beauty of, of the whole thing is you can take it for what it's worth. You can stay in your lane and do what you do and be 100% happy with what you do. Mm -hmm. You can see, you know, you can see the business side of things to say, Hey, wait a minute. I've done 500 of these videos. People actually watch them. This is a business venture. Yeah. I could probably make this bigger, but if I make it bigger now, where do I go? Right. You know, so like I, I think about that all the time. I think about, hey, you know, look, I, I I stood in front of a camera, pressed record, walked in front, never edited. And I have this following. What if I did this full time? What if I did this for a living? What if I did this, you know, um, 
and took it to the next level. I think about that every day I go to sleep. I think about that every day I wake up. You know, mm-hmm. I think about it all the time. And and part of that is, all right, well, do I want to live in that world? Do I want to be there? You know, the business side says yes, but the human being side says, uh, is that really what I want to do? Right. You know, like, it, it, you know, where's the medium of, hey, I want to be top 10 podcast in the nation. I want to podcast for a living. I love doing this, but I also coach. I love coaching. I love these other things. Like where do I draw the line of, of being a real, a, a good businessman that makes money because, you know, we can both say that we do this because we love it, mm-hmm. but it does take time. Yeah. It does take effort. Like you, you know, you're, we're, we're talking on Twitter about dates that you have available and, and tonight's date was taken until somebody backed out and, and then we get back. So like you, you're putting a lot of effort into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a lot of work on your part. So there's a part of you that says, well, if I'm going to do this work and I'm going to do this, well, maybe I should just do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a part of you that also says, I kind of like what I'm doing. I like this part and I also like everything else I do. You yeah. know, so, um, you know, the business side of it is where do I draw the line? We'd love to do both. We'd love to do all of it. Um, you know, we'd love to be big enough to say, you know, I'm sure at some point you probably think about, hey, Coach Steve podcast. I make a million dollars. This is what I do. Yeah. All right. Great. You know, I mean, that that's awesome. Um, can you get there? You probably could. You know would you have to put aside all the other things in your life that you love doing? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, so which, which road do you want to go now? Well, it's funny. You are talking about our scheduling. I literally have to take my basketball schedule, make a copy. And I only title it podcast and basketball schedule. That's why I was so precise with you on times. Cause I looked way ahead and I have to type in what coach I'm talking to. Like I have two tomorrow. Like I just have yeah. to figure out what time and you're right. It, like it takes a lot of time. I have one at six 30 and eight o'clock tomorrow night to talk. One of them asked me to come on. Like, can I come on your podcast? Which I thought was awesome. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's a high Hell school. Yeah. He's a high school coach that like. He goes, I did a podcast. I talked about my offense. I want to get myself out there. And I'm like, if I can help you in any sort of way, come on. Like, if ten people see it and you reach five, good. They looked at it. Now maybe you get a name for yourself. That's right. great. Yep. Yeah, but but even the fact like when you send me those dates, I'm like, yeah, Steve, I'll get back to you. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't. My YouTube videos are all when I have time to do them. They're mm-hmm. on planning periods. They're, you know, what's going on in my day. I have weightlifting. I have football. I have other things that I'm doing. Hey, can I do a video on my planning period? Can I do a video after practice? Like, that's just the way I do things. Right. You know, so, you know, the the fact that you even have dates and times to say, Coach Mac, can you come on these dates? It's like, man, that that's pretty cool. Um, I respect the heck out of that because – I don't even like, I don't have a calendar of what I'm doing next week. You know, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching, I'm coaching. And then after that, YouTube videos are going to happen when they happen. And, and, you know, Patreon videos or whatever else YouTube live that those are all going to happen when they happen. But, you know, the fact that you've got a schedule and you're, you're, you're going out and getting, Hey, I can't do tonight. I, I have three guys booked and everything else like that. That's, you know, to me, that's pretty good. You know, that's like, you know, that that's above and beyond what most people would do. 
yeah, I laugh every time I open that calendar up. I did it today. I opened it up, talked to you, talked to a couple other people, and I'm looking at it. And like some people are like, well, what about February? Like some people say that. What about February? And I have to go through each date and tell them and give them every single date. Then if they take two days, which is fine, and somebody else books it, then I got to tell them like, hey, I can't do yeah, it this time sorry. anymore. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and again, you know, that's part of the business, part of what you do. But to me, um, you know, I just have the utmost respect for somebody who does this as a passion, partly as a business. But to have a calendar, to have dates, like I like I said, I, I've tried <laughs> to do podcasts. I've tried to talk to people. I've tried to schedule people. I, I don't even remember who I talked to and who I scheduled. Like, I, I just it's, you know, for me, that's not the way I, I, I live. And, um, you know, it, it, it just it speaks to the, the acumen and the professionalism of what you're doing to have dates and times. And to most people, that's like, Hey, if you want to do that, then that's probably step one. Yeah. Maybe it is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, step one for me is I got to figure out how to podcast. I got to figure out what I'm going to talk about. And then you got to schedule But Like for me, I'm, I'm probably more, um, you know, people say ready, aim, fire. I'm probably more ready, fire, aim, you know, yeah. with, with the way I do things, you know, I'm probably more like, Hey, this is a great idea. I'm doing it. Let's roll. Oh shit. I got nobody to talk to. Right. You know, that that's like that's kind of the way, you know, I, I've always done things. And that's why the YouTube thing works for me, because it's my schedule. It's when mm-hmm. I want to do things. It's when I want to make a video. It's when I want to do what I need to do, um, you know, because there is when you have a life, you have a family, you have a job, you have, coach, you know, sports that you coach. I, I, I think it's hard to do what you yeah. do, you know, to be honest with you, I think it's hard to lay out a schedule and say, hey, look. I'm scheduling guests. I'm scheduling podcasts and I'm scheduling them around 13 different things. Yeah. You know, if you did this for a living and it was like, all right, well, look, coach, I've got these dates. I've got, you know, guests booked, you know, if we were the Pat McAfee show or if we were, you know, any of the golf things that I look at, you know, uh, if we were foreplay or we were um, no laying up or we were somebody else. And now we were big enough that we do this for a living. Well, then, yeah, that's a different story. Mm hmm. You know, you're, you're podcasting around JV basketball games. Yeah. You're podcasting around softball. You're podcasting mm-hmm. around like to me, that's and I wish more people I, I wish there was really, to be honest with you, I wish there was more of a platform and an understanding of. Hey, what is the average guy that podcasts? What is his life like? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you know, the the guy that's got great contact, you know, he, he talks to people. He's awesome. We love him but he doesn't do it for a living. He does all these other things, you know, like any, anybody that makes it to me, once they make it, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always gravitated towards the average guy that he teaches, he coaches, he podcasts, he does videos, he does all these other things. Like that's just kind of where I gravitate towards because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and that's what I, 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 um, I can relate to those people. I feel for those people. I understand those people. I talk better with those people, um, you know, simply because I understand what it's like to go through that. Right. You know, and, and it would be awesome to say, hey, it's Coach Steve. I'm reaching out to you. This is all I do. I podcast. I've got these dates. This is the only times I got. I've got my schedule set through 2025. All right. Well, yeah. awesome. You know, it's all you. Oh, hey, it's Coach Steve. Can you get with me on the 17th, the 19th, after six, after seven? I've got games. I've got this. Like, 
there's a real life side of that that I think people need to appreciate. Oh, I hope so. And then I, the, the other pressure on top of it is, am I going to waste this person's time? Even when I send messages, I'm like, am I wasting their time after I'm done? Every time I walk away, I'm like, I just wasted that person's time. It's the worst thing they've ever done. Even though I had fun, I walk away and I go, I just wasted all their time. So when people come no, back, the to- only way, I, I, the only thing I would say about that, Steve, to be honest with you, is 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 I don't care who the guest is. If you agree to do something, you've agreed to do it. You know whether you know how you approach it to say it was a waste of your time. It was a waste of the. I mean, to me, I, I I get it where you're coming from. I can see where you would worry about that, but. Part of me wouldn't worry about that because it's like, look, I asked you to be on. You agree to be on. Right. You know, whatever the conversation is, the conversation is now whether, whether people now the, the, to me, the pressure would be somebody agreed to come on because they want to promote their business. And I got to make sure that I make this the best podcast possible for them to promote what they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, <clears throat> you know, that that to me would be more pressure. Asking somebody to come on and then have a conversation like me and you are having right now with no set agenda, no questions. You know, the conversation goes wherever it goes. Um, I, I would never approach it from that standpoint. I, you asked me, I said yes. Right. I'm way you better now. Really. I'm way better now. But like, I started this in 2020, February 2020. Back then, yeah. Like, I was like, oh my god, I just wasted their time. Now that I've done a little more, people are coming back, and I'm like, I didn't waste their time. Or they'll send me a message right after. Hey, thanks for having me on. So I feel better about it. But it's just, you know how you create your own pressure and your own. No, yeah, thing. no question. And and again, I agree with that. I understand it. I get where you're coming from. But, you know, from my standpoint, being a guest on a podcast, if somebody asked me to come on and I say yes, you can't waste my time. Otherwise, I would have said no. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you can't. I, the pressure is what you create. The pressure is what you make of it. Um you know, if you ask me, I, I didn't I didn't come to you and said, please, you know, Steve, please let me be on your show. And then you feel like, all right, well, you know. I, I I let them on my show. Was it a waste of time? Was it a waste of my time, their time? Like you asked me, I said, yes, you, you, right. I, you in my opinion. You uh, you can't waste my time if if. You know, if this was a world where you had to beg somebody to come on for 30 minutes and you had to pay them $10,000 to be on your podcast. I get that part. Right. You're asking people like me and other people to be on a podcast. I say, yes, I agree to with time. If it's a waste of my time, then I'm the issue more than you are because like I said, yes, I agree to be on your podcast. If it's a waste of my time, then I think I'm the problem more than you're the problem. And that's why you're smarter than me. I never thought of it that way. That's why you're smarter than me. I don't know about that, but that's just, uh, you know, again, a perspective like everything I do on PlayFast. It's my opinion. Um, it, it It's how I view things. It's how I understand things. It, it, You know, you were gracious enough to ask me the first time. You were gracious enough to ask me the second time. If I felt like Coach Mack and PlayFast football were too big that I didn't need to be on your podcast, then I'd just say no. Right. Um if if I like what you do and I appreciate the fact that you ask me and I say yes, then it, it, there's it's never going to be a waste of my time, right? You know, and he, again, you know, the difference to me would be like, hey, Steve, I'm trying to get out there. 
here's three hundred dollars to be on your podcast. I need you to promote me. I need this interview to go the right way. Yeah, that's pressure. Yeah, you know. But you reached out and said, "Coach, are you available? Would you like to do it?" I said, "Yes." It, you know, as a human being, you worry about wasting my time. But if I said yes, how can you really waste my time? That's the way you need to approach it. Yeah, I, like I said, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't. Not every time. Like I'll walk away from this and be like. I don't think I wasted his time. I just put that pressure on me depending on what level they're at, if that makes sense. Like, you're big time, but if I get, like, a like a big time Division One guy, I'm like, oh. Like, then I'm like, oh, did I just waste his time because they're doing this. But I'm way better now. Like, two and a half years ago, yeah. Now, now that I have a schedule and people are coming on, I'm scheduling, I'm like, I'm not wasting people's time. They're loving this. They love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and again, like, I – the way I look at it is I, I would, if I didn't want to do this, I wouldn't come on. Right. You know, if I felt like, hey, Coach Steve, who the hell is he? He's got 2,300, 2,500, eight, whatever subscribers. If it was a business venture for me and everything I do at this point in, in, in my, my career, you know, people who come and listen to this podcast, if they thought they were getting play fast X's and O's, well, then I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I apologize. Um, but you know, if I agree to come on your podcast, it, it, it's not because we set parameters to promote me. It's not because we set parameters to put Coach Mack or play fast football out there. I, you know, I agreed to come on because I like what you do. I agreed to come on because I like talking about whatever we're going to talk about. Right. Um, so, you know, again, and that's in every walk of life, that's, that's what we do. We, we put pressure on ourselves. We, every mm -hmm. situation is the, is the biggest and, and you know, the worst, every situation is, you know, you take positive, negative, you, you take whatever you want out of it. And, you know, to me, at the end of the day, you've got a podcast, you ask people to come on. If people say yes, the stress is off you. You said, yes, I, I, you could have said no, you know, you could have not came on a podcast. Yeah. You came on a podcast and you know, like for me, this conversation could have went 80 different ways. Whatever you're going to ask me, you're going to ask me. It's your podcast. Whatever right. we're going to talk about, it's your podcast. Right. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on, spending an hour and a half with me. This is fantastic. Uh, you're the man. Uh, very authentic. An hour authentic. and a half of nothing, Steve. <laughs> no, that, ought to be, that ought to be your, uh, you, you know, your, your, it probably isn't a good algorithm, but you know the clickbait thumbnail for this is Coach Mac play fest football an hour and a half of absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, see, to me, it's something. So to me, that's all that matters. To me, it was yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a conversational podcast about whatever came up. You know, it's it, it wasn't about too high. It wasn't about quarters. It wasn't about duo. It wasn't about all the things you think Coach Mac might be about. It was an hour and a half of hey, we talk, we conversate. And, and, you know, to me, that's what podcasts should be like. That's what, you know, if you want to do an interview, interview somebody. Right. Right. You know, if you, if you want to do a podcast, talk. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. We talked a lot. And if anybody, if anybody's life has changed from this, I don't know if anybody benefits this from, you know, I don't know, but again, um, appreciate you doing what you do. Um, appreciate every content creator out there in the world that does what they do. Um, and anytime somebody asks, I'm going to come on. If you want to ask me about play fast, fine. If you want to talk about wrestling, fine. If you want to talk about life, if you want to wear, if you want to wear an Alabama hoodie, fine. Mm -hmm. Damn right. It's, it's whatever, it's whatever we want.